All right. This microphone apparently hates me, but we will make it through. Thank you, everybody teaching our children. Uh, we're so proud of that. We can teach a child uh, all the way through the gospel in three years. Dusty, if I need to switch microphones, just give me, give me the word. Give me the sign. When, when Jesus came on the scene, the children of God were living under the old law, the Old Testament. Uh, the first five books in the Bible contained the law, and, and they, were, they were trying to follow this. And he came and he brought a, a, new, a new covenant, a new law, a new testament. That is the New Testament in your Bible. There's two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and the New Testament is, that's when Jesus comes. The first one told all about him coming. And in the second one, that's, it, it begins when, when he came, when Jesus came. And he came to bring something new. But see, only a priest, only a high priest can make acceptable sacrifices. And so Jesus had to fulfill all of these things to become a high priest. And then he also fulfilled perfection so that he could become the sacrifice as well. And he brought us these things and he brought us love and God allowed it to be that he was validated through miraculous deeds through great signs and wonders. And so he, I'm switching. All right, how's this? So uh, he, was, he was validated by miraculous things that he would do. And so you saw Jesus uh, heal sick people and blind people. And, uh, you know, when he called his, his disciples, at one point, one of them came and Jesus was like, yeah, I saw you. And the guy knew that he was alone, but Jesus somehow supernaturally saw him. And things that he uh, was doing was like, this is unexplainable. A man cannot do these things. And then in, in one chapter, in, in John, in John chapter 6, you see Jesus come in and uh, people are beginning to come to him because they are very needy. These people need something. And, and Jesus sees that they've come to hear what he has to say, and he decides to feed them. And so he takes some bread. He takes uh, some, some loaves of bread, uh, not completely unlike this, uh, but this is an American loaf of bread, okay? This is a big old honking loaf of bread, but you, some of y'all are way back there, so I had to have something you could see. Uh, so some bread, probably not nearly the size of this, and a few fish, and he distributed that to his followers and they distributed to well over 5,000 people and it was supernatural. It was miraculous and everyone saw it happen. And that night, that night, like the same day, within the same 24-hour period, Jesus tells his followers, the disciples, to go across the lake on a boat, and they are caught in a storm. Uh, Jesus sees what is going on because he has gone up alone to pray, and he begins to walk to them 
on the water. You've heard this probably since you were a kid. And I, it, it, listen, if you are not a Bible expert, you don't know a lot of the Bible, that's okay. You're in the right place. No one expects you to be an expert. But even atheists know the story of Jesus walking on the water and of the feeding of the 5,000. This is, this is part of pop culture now. I mean, this is, this is infiltrated into everything. A very famous story. Uh, but man, just imagine seeing this. And so not all of the people who ate the miraculous dinner saw Jesus walk on the water, but they were very confused when they woke up because he was gone. He was nowhere to be found. The disciples they knew had gone across on the boat, but they could not find Jesus. Well, people who had come that morning from the other side of the lake were like, oh, we saw Jesus. He's on the other side. And they're like, what? How did he get there? And so they were like, what are we waiting for? And they just all jump in and go to the other side of the lake to meet Jesus. Pretty cool, right? He's got, he's got the whole thing. He's got followers. He's got some roadies, people who want to set up lights and sound, right? Juan's playing drums. He's, I mean, it's going to be Woodstock on the other side of the lake. Everyone's coming. But when they arrive... Jesus doesn't respond how we would have responded. So I want to take you into the story in John chapter 6. Follow with me. All the scripture will be on the screen. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to follow with me in your, in your Bible, uh, John chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And he was like, I walked in the water. You should have seen it. That's not what he said. It's what I would have said. I would have done it again. I'd still be doing it. <laughs> Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for food that perishes, but for food that lasts for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. They came across the lake to see him again, and Jesus reacts strangely in our opinion because instead of applauding them for following the son of god the messiah the one who is here to bring salvation he condemns them because they came for the wrong thing and i think that jesus asked me that all the time like why'd you come to me in prayer today is it because you want jesus the source of salvation or are you just hungry right now? Did you come to me for something temporary? Or did you come to have a relationship? And so it begs the question, and this is not, listen, uh, this, this, is our, this is our sword. The Bible says that this is our sword. And this is not for, for me to beat myself or you over the head. This is, for, this is for defense. This is so we can storm the gates of hell. So I say this as an encouragement to everyone because this is, this is I'll, I'll get to that in, in a minute, but this is encouragement for me as well. You've got to ask yourself, why do you keep going across the lake to come to church. 
Is it because you got problems? Because you're hungry? Or is it because you want the words of life? He said, stop searching for temporary things. I'm offering you so much more. And if we're not careful, the Word of God, the teachings of Jesus, can become a stepping stone to get to a better place in this life. Instead of a path to get to a better life. Something completely different. So you have to constantly ask yourself, as I have to constantly ask myself, why have you come? You know, the Bible says that when we pray, our prayers are interpreted by the Holy Spirit in groanings that we don't even understand. So basically, your prayers are interpreted to the Father. Do you know, this is just me speculating. If I were the Holy Spirit trying to interpret the heart of my prayer when I go to the Lord, I think sometimes I'd just go to the Lord and go, he he wasn't really saying anything. (laughs) I I think that we pray a lot that never even makes it to God because we 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 didn't say anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. But the question is, why did you come? Why did you come to church? Why did you come into prayer? Even if, even if you're reading your word, like why, why did you come? Why are you there? When Jesus was talking to Satan, which, y'all know what Satan means? Accuser. He's a great accuser. When, when he was talking to Satan uh, in, in Matthew chapter 4, um, Satan was speaking to Jesus and offering things, and Jesus uh, answered, It is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We cannot just be sustained. We want God to do miraculous things. We want God to do party tricks. Ultimately, we want God to bless us so much that we never need Him again. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good. Ultimately, don't you? Like, isn't that what you're asking for? I mean, that's why, like, I, I, if y'all don't know me, I've got all these weird eye issues and stuff going on, and just like, Lord, if you could just make it to where I don't even think about this anymore, and I never thank God uh, that I blink. Do y'all know that my eyes only water one time in my life, and that's when I'm really just into the Word of God, my eyes will actually water. And I'm still asking God to take that away. Like, as cool as that is, as cool as that is, I still want him to, to heal that, to take that away. But, but ultimately, we're like, God, just make me so healthy, wealthy, and wise that I just don't need you anymore. And that's not how bread works. Anybody eat bread before? You're going to eat again later, though, aren't you? Why? Because you're hungry. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's go. John chapter 6, verse 28. We're just going to walk through this passage, okay? Uh, Verse 28 through 29. What can we do to perform the works of God? They asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. The week before last, uh, we went through this message about salvation, and is it just as simple as that? And yes, let let me just ask you. He says, the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. And you say, well, it can't be that easy. Okay, okay, let me call your bluff on that. 
do eternal life, and go. <laughs> it's got to be a gift. I got to take a little vacation and uh, talk to some guys on the ski lift, and a, and a man told me, he said, I just hope that one day I can do enough good stuff to go to heaven. And I said, look around you. We were in the Rocky Mountains. I said, this is the standard. Until you get to this place where you can create this, you will never be good enough. It's a gift. You either accept it or not. And he was a couple joints in, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, man, I got to preach to a high audience more often because it was, it was so like, I was like, I'm good. I am good. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Nothing you can do to earn it is a gift of God. And then we begin to do good works. We begin to do good things. Not so that we can get it, but because we have it. I'm going to move on uh, because that was two weeks ago. That's all online if you want to go back and listen. Uh, Thewoodbridgechurch.com. Verse 30. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you? They asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. Just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, if you're Jesus... You've been going around healing people. Like you've watched lame people dance. Blind people see. Just this morning, you fed 5,000 with this. Walked across the water just to get, walked over on top of the water just to get to the other side. And they go, well, what are you going to do now? Isn't it proof that we, it will never be enough? And I want to say that for some of you, for your faith, maybe you walked in here today as an atheist, and I, my heart goes out to you. I had that battle. I've had to deal with this for so long. And, and, and supernaturally, God used a little short lady to put her finger in my chest and say, you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And, and, and another way of saying that is, when will it be enough? All the things that he has done to validate himself. Look at history. Look at archaeology. Look at just the word of God. It will, if, when you, the more you study this, the more you will just be in awe. Study astronomy. Study anything. What will it take to be enough for you? And I say that condemnationally to myself because I should have, I should have had no questions long before. God had done so much to validate himself. And as if the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't enough, what son are you going to do? And so I have to ask us as a people, like God is, God is calling you. He wants you to go out and, and, and be one of those disciples who starts passing out bread. And you're like, you know, I'm just not... Yes. <laughs> Just not what? See, that's the thing is our, our sentence always starts with, I 
uh, 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 it's him. It's him. Well, I just couldn't get up there and, and, and preach, pastor, or, or whatever. And, and listen, that's not for everybody. But I'm telling you this stuff. If I get up here and start giving you, what, what am I going to do? Give you political opinions or something? Like, you care. Who cares? It either comes from this or it's not wisdom. It's not about you. Stop putting yourself in the equation. The Lord will use you. Man, when I became a believer, oh, I was an idiot. And God used me. I've had people come up and be like, do you remember when? And I'm like, I try to forget. Like, you prayed over me and I didn't even know how that was happening. I was like, I, I was going on four hours of sleep. I might have been hallucinating for all I know. I don't remember. God will use you. It's not about you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your imperfections and your flaws just validate you to glorify God. Verse 32. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. See, when back in, in the book of Exodus, when the people were leaving Egypt... They had nothing to eat. And God would make manna, some sort of bread, fall down. And just every morning they would wake up and it would just be there. And so they were like, do that. And Jesus is responding. He says, my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Not manna, not something on the ground. True bread, the real stuff. See, we live in a strange land where we need this. One day we won't. There's a different kind of bread that we will thrive off of. The true bread. And that's what Jesus is. He says, uh, for, for the, I'm in verse 33. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus, I don't know how he responded, but it was probably like this. I am the bread! <laughs> Are you not, did you not get the miracle? Man, and you've heard this your whole life. Jesus feeds 5,000 with the bread. And, and all the disciples, do you understand that it was more than just feeding people? Do you understand that it was symbolic? He's the bread. He gives it to you. You give it to them, and it never runs out. How is that? He was preaching while he was doing this. He is the bread. You are a distributor. It never runs out. You've got enough. It's not about you. It's about the bread. You just keep reaching in the bag. More will come out. And guess what? There's some for you too. We are in weird times and we've never been so famished. So hungry. I need a word from the Lord. Do you need to sit down at the table and just take in the bread? I mean, get sloppy with it. You need to take in bread. There's bread for you too. Verse 35, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. He's the bread. 
He made bread in such a way that it sets an example for us. We can't continue to leave the bread and be constantly sustained. We've got to, we've got to consume the bread. I take the bread. I eat the bread. I'm not going to do that because I don't have a drink up here. I eat the bread, and this is my problem in life, and then I go and I try to be, and I try to do, and I get so busy that, y'all ever ever go to work, and you look up, and you're like, wow, I I skipped lunch today, and you get hungry, right? Why? Because you're busy, and so if I can keep you busy enough, I can keep you away from lunch, right? And if Satan can get you distracted enough, he can keep you away from the bread. And we begin to, what happens when you get hungry enough? Some of your, your blood sugar starts crashing. Some of my wife gets really angry. And uh, I'm kidding. She's not here, so please don't tell her I said that. Uh, we, it, just, it, it just happens, and we begin to... We begin to go downhill. You begin to lose energy. You're running out of steam. You're not, if, if, if you're trying to bulk up, if you're trying to lift and you're not eating, what happens to you? You can't build your muscles back. You don't get stronger as you work, right? And so as I get away from the bread, I become very desperate until finally I come back to the bread. And every time it's been so long. And some of you, uh, for, forget, forgive me for being so dramatic, but literally this is the way you feel at this point. You you were just trying to make it back to the bread because you're so spiritually famished. Does that, is that relatable? Yes. And so I just want to say that if you are, if, if, if that's you and you walked into here today going, man, I hope, I hope that there can be some kind of word given, something spoken to encourage me because honestly I feel like your spiritual blood sugar is dropping. And, and, and what I'm saying doesn't sound profound, but I think through the power of the Holy Spirit, it will be very convicting. It's because you're not eating. I can give you recipes, but I can't feed you. You've got to go eat. And we spend longer away and longer away and longer away until we spiritually become anemic, anorexic. Because we're not eating. God has substance for you. He is the bread of life and He has set creation up to where you have to continue to eat. Did you ever wonder why God made us the way He made us? Do you understand that In eating, God is showing us something. In marriage, God is showing us something. In bearing children, God is showing us something. It is all set up. Romans chapter 1 says the the universe is created in such a way that no man is without excuse for knowing God. Every single part of it is teaching you something about Him. And you are famished. And no one can feed you but you. As an infant... As an infant, we can, we can do the little rice pudding stuff or the, the, the peas or whatever. But even if I tried to do that for you today, if I, if I set you down, if I got Pastor Dusty up here and spoon-fed him a, a bottle of, of peas, this is such a weird, like I'm off the notes now. If I spoon-fed Pastor Dusty some Gerber, or is that the brand? Whatever. 
spoon-fed him some peas, that dude's going to be hungry still because he's past infancy. Dude, he needs, he needs, he needs a loaf. He needs substance. I ain't going to feed him a Subway sandwich. It's not going to happen. Church, you're hungry. And, and, and we come and we want a word from the Lord. And yeah, absolutely, that's what we do here, man. This is just a pep rally for what you're doing in the week. And that's, that's really what a pastor does is just uh, God gives me something to, to give to you. And I'm like, it, it's, it's, um, it's prophetic, not in the sense that I'm predicting the future, but I'm saying this is what God has for you this week. And I believe that's what is, is, is for us this week is just a reminder. Just sit down at the table. And, and church, I love the Bible app. This is how my wife reads the Bible. But sometimes families need a sit-down meal and stop taking it to go. You know what I'm saying? God wants you to eat, sit down, and dine with him. This is not kind of, this is me too. Listen. I've had this conversation with my family this week. I've, uh, at, at night when I put down my kids, I say, pray for daddy. This is what we're, we're going through. And like my, my anger and my anxiety is just welling up in me, welling up in me, welling up in me. And, and, and to the point where I sit down to read and I've just got a million things to do. And I feel all this anxiety because I have all these things to do and all these responsibilities. And there's people that are depending on me to do something. And I haven't been able to get to it yet. It just causes more, Right. And my wife in her wisdom said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And she's right. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit, 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 eat, bread, fruit, dine. So is there a correlation between what you're going through and your time invested in the Word of God. <laughs> I, I know, it's what I told my wife. I'm like, you stop talking right now. <laughs> She's right! Because I, I, I make time to sit down, but just I get so overwhelmed, I almost don't want any quiet because then you have to think, Right? It just becomes very overwhelming, and, and I have allowed that to steal my, steal my time. You ever do that where you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to read the Bible, and you read a chapter, and you're like, oh, I was thinking about something different, and then you reread it and do that like five times, and you do that every day for a month? Okay, now we're getting there. And no wonder, no wonder am I, I'm just off the chain. I'm not doing anything wicked. I'm not telling you that I'm sinning or anything like that. I'm telling you I'm starving. It's when I refuse. I sit down at the dinner table and dinner's not ready, so I just chew on the napkin and leave because I have no time. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. We get hungry. God has something for you. We're not serving a dead God. He has something for you. 
Like you personally, if you've never read the Bible, I just want to tell you, just, just open up. The, it, I told you there's two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. I, at some point, I want you to have read all of it. It's, there's, oh, it's, man, the way it fits together. It's incredible. You're not going to get that in the first reading, okay? I want you to go to the New Testament. I want you to open up the book of John. This is John. This was the youngest of the disciples, and he wrote the story of what he saw Jesus do. Would you just read that? Would you sit down? I, I want you to do this. I want you to take a journal with you. Uh, did he just ask me to journal? No. No, no, no. no. That's, it's not for that, okay? Stop judging me. Pen and paper so that when you get still... And you go, oh, I forgot to do this. I better call them real quick. Just write it down. Get back on your word. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to take the trash out. It's Thursday. And if I don't get it out by 10, okay, write it down so you can get back. I do that to curb my anxieties. If y'all know me, y'all know my energy. Some of you have walked into my office. I've got candles burning. I've got like some, uh, I like, I'm just going to tell you right now, I've got the soundtrack from Braveheart. And I play it, dude. I get all jacked up, right? And like I've got to, I've got to bring myself down to be able to be in the Word and to eat. So I got energy. I've got to make time to eat or I will starve to death. Keep going. Verse 53. So Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood. This is where it gets weird. You do not have life in yourselves. Unless you eat, you'll die. Spiritually, unless you eat, you'll die. You don't have life in yourself. You have to take it in. And it is from here. So you need this bread and you need this bread. One day you won't need this bread. You will always need this bread. Right? All right. We're wrapping up. Where did I leave you off on the computer? I don't want y'all to hate me. 50. I thought we were past that. Here we go. 54, the one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true blood, uh, is true food, and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. He's talking about the word. He's not talking about literally eating his flesh. Although... We don't have time for this, but y'all, man, Pastor Dusty is learning so much. He's doing seminary and stuff right now, and I yelled out this week from my office. I'm like, Dusty, what is it that there's like, uh, you know, Catholic, the Catholic Church is broken up into Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox, and so one of the reasons they can't get together is this very thing. One of them believes that when you take the Lord's Supper and you eat the bread, that it literally becomes the flesh of Jesus in you. Not, not figuratively, not symbolically. Literally, it becomes his flesh. And when you drink the wine, that it very literally becomes, supernaturally, the blood of Christ in you. Did y'all know that? It's kind of wild, isn't it? And, and they just can't agree on that, and so they kind of stay split. And there's other reasons than that, but there's a big one. And I was like, Dusty, what is that called? Y'all, he knew it. 
What is it, Dusty? Because I can't remember. It's trans... Actually, I knew it. I just wanted to give him credit. Transubstantiation. I couldn't remember it. He knew. I'm telling you, this is a sharp dude. Uh, but, but there is this. This is obviously. I'm going to tell you which side of this I'm on. This is obviously symbolic. Okay? He was teaching us something. He wasn't giving out his body parts at the feeding of the 5,000. All right? This is, it, it is symbolic. But was that interesting? Okay, we, uh, that was totally a distraction. Now we're late to pick your kids up from the nursery, but now you know transubstantiation. No idea where we're at. 57, just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the man of your ancestors ate, and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Spiritually, what are you eating? And what is the correlation to how you're doing? Because, and I, I'm, I'm going to give some examples, but none of this is political, okay? Uh, if you won't feed yourself, feed your children, Netflix will. Okay? If you won't feed yourself, Disney will. If you won't feed yourself, uh, the, the media will. Social media, news channels, they'll feed you. It's not always the most healthy. And it's not eternal. In fact, it leads to death sometimes. Here, here's the question. How are you doing spiritually? What are you eating? And is there a correlation? <laughs> I'll bet everybody a hundred bucks there's a huge correlation. And if I'm wrong with two of you, I'm still going to come out way on top. Okay? What are you eating? How are you doing? And what's the correlation? How often are you not taking in the Word of God because you're eating somewhere else. I'm not asking you to join a monastery. I'm not asking you to throw your TV out the door. I'm saying, are you eating daily? Because if not, we're prioritizing things over the bread of life. And life is important. Would it help you if you ate daily from the Word of God. Well, I just don't have time. Oh, 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 wait. Until you show me your screen time, we cannot have this conversation. Would it help you, church, if you were eating daily from the Word? Well, I just don't know anything about the Bible. Awesome! You're about to get lit up. Go to John. Go to the book of John. It's not a hard read. My, what is she? 11, 11 year old. No. Is she? Yeah. 11. My 11 year old just told me uh, we were talking about some stuff. I told her to go read 1 John. And, uh, and, and she read it. And we're going to have this conversation tonight. She's 11. Trust me, you can do this. Some of you are like, and, and this is a real thing. This is not a shot. Like, I'm dyslexic. You don't understand. All, dude, the, the U version of the Bible, get the Bible app on your phone, it'll read to you. 
I'm, I'm not that. I'm not throwing that that out condescendingly at all. There, I, I have a lot of friends who have uh, major issues with reading. Do they listen? I listen to the word. Eat daily. You see how it goes. Get down and pray. God, speak to me. Have your pen and paper so that you can. And you're like, well, I'll just use the notes on my phone, and then you'll be on Snapchat. Okay, maybe you're more self-controlled than me. But I bet you drift off, pen and paper, at least to begin with, so that you can write down whatever anxieties you have that is going to peel you away from the Word and spend some time at the dinner table so that you have the energy and the strength to go through the day. Last one, verse 66 through 69, then we're done. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Why? Because of all the eat my flesh and drink my blood stuff. And then also he said he was the bread of life, which means that he is the son of God. And so this is also part of the heresy that gets him killed. So Jesus said to the twelve, you don't want to go away too, do you? Now this is, this is one of my favorite passages. And, and a, a lady here in the church called me and, and, and told me this one week. And, and it's resonated with me ever since. Worship team, go ahead and come up. You don't want to go away too. Do you? All the, all the disciples begin to leave because they realize that the teachings of Jesus were very difficult. In church, there will be a time that we may be entering into where a lot of people will leave the church because they will find out that the teachings of Jesus are contrary to what they had conjured up in their mind. And so they will begin to leave the church and you will be left, nourished or not, depending on how you prepare now, uh, but you will be left with those teachings, answering the question, where will you go? Simon Peter answered in verse 68, Lord, and I love this, let this be a theme in your life. To whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. There is going to be opposition growing to the Word of God. And here's my question. To whom will you go for wisdom? Unless you are living a strange anomaly of a life, you walked in with some anxieties today and God has bread for you. He has wisdom for you. He has hope for you. Where else will you go to get that? Who is offering wisdom that you will take to apply to your life to live a better life, much less to live eternal life? Who's offering that? Who's offering wisdom? Let me ask you, how is the world in general doing with wisdom right now? It's not being spread about in abundance. Where are you going to go to receive this? And so he says, we're not leaving. You've got the right stuff. You've got the words to eternal life. Whose plan will you follow if not God's plan? 
Where will you get peace if you don't get it from God? Who's going to offer you hope? If not God, it's false hope. Because no one can ensure your future. No one's looking out for you. No one loves you with a charitable love. Everybody else loves you because they get something back from you. God loves you. Has God ever gotten anything back from you? <laughs> he projects his love on you even though it doesn't come back. Where else are you going to get that? So it's worth eating the bread of life. If you are struggling today, because church, we need you. God has something to do in Ranger, and he wants to use us to do it. But just like in that airplane, in the event that we go down, oxygen masks are going to fall from the top. And who do you put them on first? Your kids? No. You. Why? Seems selfish. Well, if you're dead, you can't help your kids. Church, you've got bread to give out. Would you go eat first? Because if you're starving, if you have no energy, if your blood sugar is crashing, what good are you? And also, if you have kids, they're not just to serve in some other area. Don't you want them to enjoy the meal? Don't you want to sit with them at the dinner table? Don't you want to have fellowship and break bread? So does your father. It's not just so that he can use you to do something. He doesn't really need you. One day he'll come out of the sky and he's just going to tell his, his boy, the angel, would be like, blow the trumpet. And everybody's going to know he doesn't really need us, but he wants to use us. And if we're dying spiritually, then we're not going to give life. This is what the miracle of passing out the bread was all about. The point was that there's always enough that will never run out. And church, I just needed to remind you today. Dude, you can be passing it out. You can hand some out. This is not going well. I can hand this out, but there's still some for me. I want you to eat spiritually. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. It's written on the wall in the foyer. I want you to be in your Bible. Read the Bible. Pray. Go to church. Congratulations, you're already on the right track today. And then be the church. Start on your knees. God, speak to me. You're like, I don't know. I've tried to read the Bible. It just doesn't do for me what it does for everybody else. Be still. Take your pen and paper so that you're not distracted and ask God to speak to you. And let me know how it goes. The Bible says to share with your teacher. I want to know when God is bringing you revelation, when he is bringing you uh, teaching. And very few people do that, and I eat it up. I use that. Today, part of what I was teaching you, Coach, Coach Kathy Graham, man, she calls me and says, the Lord told me this. And then I tell you guys like if it came from me. Because I tell Dusty, and then, uh, then I'm repeating myself because I've said it. Church, I want you to eat. Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. Be the church. Well, I need more than that than do more of those. Because there's really not, there's no formula that's going to get you past that. Okay? I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray for your people, for your children, for this church, God, that you will speak into their hearts. Uh, God, as, as, they, as they read your word, 
God, I pray that you will provide nourishment, Father, that we will go through this week full, full, satiated, because you have filled us up spiritually, God. I pray that we will bear the fruit of the Spirit because you are walking with us, because we take the bread with us everywhere we go. We're not leaving you just to come back when we're famished, God, but that we are taking the bread with us, Father, and I pray that it will be distributed. God, you said that you have people in Ranger that you love, Father, and I pray that they will be given bread this week. And God, help us in this. Help us to uh, glory in you and to worship you and to do your will. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, the worship team is going to play. Baskets are going to come forward. And uh, we'll start sending those from the front to the back. Uh, if you are a believer, part of the way we worship with tithe and offering. But also, drop that connection card in there. We want to hear from you. Please stand and worship with